0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. And joining me, as always, is Billboard's Deputy Editor, Digital, Katie Atkinson. Hi, Katie. Oh, hey, Keith. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am splendiferous. Oh, great. And splatagical. Oh, those are just made up words. I, I think that might be an <laughs> organ in my body that we just discovered. You're delovely, lovely delightful. And delicious. <laughs> That's weird. Okay, anyway. Um, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun charts, stats, and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we'll be talking about what albums we're
2: most looking forward to hearing later this year, and ones that we're really hoping come out in
0: 2018. (laughs) Plus, we've got chart news about Jack White, The Weeknd, Drake, and Shawn Mendes.
2: And we've got an interview with Ali Alexander of years and years. The singer-songwriter called in from London to chat about the new video for Sanctify, their upcoming album, and even how he recently had a dream about Ed Sheeran and Britney Spears collaborating. Hmm. That really needs to happen. Yes. So stick around for that in just a little bit.
0: But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit itunes.com slash billboard podcasts. Let's run the Billboard chart numbers and do the chart chat. Here are three of the biggest headlines on the charts. First up. Jack White claims his third number one album on the Billboard 200 chart as the rocker's third solo studio effort, Boarding House Reach, opens atop the tally. The set earned 124,000 equivalent album units in the week ending March 29th, according to Nielsen Music, and of that sum, 121,000 were in traditional album sales, which is the largest sales week for a rock album in 2018. And as we said last week, a lot of that sum, or a hefty number, was encouraged by sales generated from a concert ticket album sale redemption offer. Uh, In addition, the album actually racked up a big sales figure from its vinyl LP. uh, 27,000 sold, in fact. Uh, The handsome performance was expected considering how wide is a champion of the format. And uh, the album's vinyl sales actually represent the fourth largest week for a vinyl set since Nielsen Music began tracking sales back in 1991. Uh, Next week on the Billboard 200, watch for The Weeknd to debut at number one with his surprise album, My Dear Melancholy. The set was released last Friday, March 30th, and is on track to earn over, well, I don't want to go with a number just quite yet, but it's going to be a robust number. Uh, but it should definitely be number one. Uh, stay tuned to Billboard.com for uh, all stories about how big we think the weekend might be. Um, but it should easily be number one, uh, according to industry forecasters, as we say. Next up, Drake's God's Plan hits a tenth week at number one. Oh. On the Billboard Hot 100. And it shows no signs of giving up the top slot. A tenth week, Katie. Ten. Ten weeks. It was God's Plan. Clearly. It it was divine chart intervention.
2: Exactly.
0: Um, God's Plan is actually the 36th song to spend at least 10 weeks at number one in the nearly 60 year history of the chart. By the way, the chart turns 60 this August. Oh, what
2: are we going to do? Like, can we, can we throw a party?
0: Sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Retirement party? No. <laughs> a no. I mean, 60 and thriving party? <laughs> S- 60 looks better than ever on yes. the Hot 100. <laughs> um, uh, it wears it well. Indeed. Uh, I, there, There is no gender specified <laughs> to the Hot 100. Still as hot as ever. I mean, you know, it's, it's equally groups, uh, men, women um everything everything <laughs> and anyone is the hot 100 gender neutral hot 100 yes <laughs> um well uh god's plan now gives drake two 10-week runs at number one as one dance featuring WizKid and friend of the podcast kyla oh i love uh, her also spent 10 weeks at number one he almost got a third 10 ten-weeker as his featured turn on rihanna's work spent nine weeks at number one um by the way, we've only had three number ones on the Hot 100 this year. I don't love
2: that. I like when things take turns a little more. Uh, so yeah, we need a little
0: more variety up there. That's what we have the Billboard 200 for. This is true. There's a new number one album almost every week. This is true. It's it's actually I'm I'm uh, I'm sort of endlessly annoyed buy it but it's just the way the math works well
2: and the whole point of it is to show the most popular single in the country and sometimes that is the same thing for 10 weeks in a row yeah as evidenced by
0: drake it's annoying though <laughs> i mean i it's, i was just very you know you yeah, i mean if you look back at the chart in the 80s like you had a new number one like every like one two three weeks well people
2: were throwing some special sauce of the charts back in the mm-hmm. 80s though. they were
0: not the charts were actually completely legitimate in the 1980s. It mean, just wasn't SoundScan. It wasn't It wasn't Nielsen. So, yes. you know, it was just the chart operated differently. Yeah. So that's just the way it worked. Yeah, that was a fun time. It was a fun time, yeah. Everyone got a chance to be number one. <laughs> Not so much anymore. Um, well, Ed Sheeran's Perfect, which spent six weeks at number one um, in both late 2017 and early 2018. Uh, God's Plan and Camila Cabello's Havana featuring Young Thug um, were the three number ones this year so far. And Camila was only number one for one week. One week, yeah. Just I'm sl- glad she snuck in there. Thank God. <laughs> um, perhaps um, we'll see one of the weekend's new songs released uh, just Ooh, last Friday. The weekend, new the weekend. Uh, Bump Drake from number one, or maybe Cardi B might surprise with one of her new tracks from her upcoming album. We shall see. Invasion of privacy. Ooh la la. <laughs> Lastly, Sean Mendez shoots into the top 40 on the Hot 100 with In My Blood, giving the singer-songwriter his 7th top 40 charting single. The song vaults 72 to 22, a big 50 places after its full first chart tracking week. Fun fact, Mendez has notched at least one top 40 hit in every year since 2014. He's he's clearly He's clearly doing quite well right now. Uh, In My Blood is from Mendes' forthcoming third full-length studio album, which is due out later this year.
2: So now that the first quarter of 2018 is over, yes, already, we're done with the first quarter. Crazy. uh, Let's talk about some of the year's most anticipated albums, at least according to the Pop Shop team. Us. (laughs) According to Keith and Katie. Yeah, Basically. (laughs) Uh, really, there are very few definites in the world of music. Obviously, when it comes to release dates, um, you know we literally ask every person we interview, like, when's the album coming out?
0: Ooh, Sometimes they're
2: coy. Sometimes they truly have no idea because they're at the mercy of their their labels or whatever. Or
0: they're like, um, this year. I'm like, yeah, that's like eight months. <laughs> I hope it's this year.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, we we do know, as we said, we had some fresh The weekend come out. We have uh, Cardi B coming April 6th. We know about these things. Uh, but what else are we looking forward to? We
0: know about one of those things because it sort of dropped out of the sky.
2: That's true. Yes. Yeah. We know We know because it's here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we know it <we'd> exists now. <laughs> you asked us last week we would have said who knows yeah. when The weekend's coming. Um, but yeah, things in the future a little bit harder to figure out. But, yes. at least, but at least we know that there are people that are working on new music which perhaps can come out this year. Yes. Um, and there are a few things that we certainly know are coming. So um, I'll start.
2: Let me guess who you're going to start with. I don't know. Who? Madonna?
0: Maybe. <laughs> um, can she come back after a couple albums, uh, namely Rebel Hard and MDNA? Um, that didn't perform to normal Madonna expectations. Yes. Um, she recently griped on Instagram about working in songwriting camps with a range of writers for her last album, um, an experience that she seemingly didn't like. So does that mean she'll go back to just a small handful of collaborators for her next album, as she did with such high-water marks in her career, like Ray of Light, Music, and Like a Prayer? we shall see i certainly hope so i would just hope that she just does an album of music that, that, that she sincerely believes in uh, it doesn't have to yeah. be like hit stuff yeah. like stop trying to make a hit single right because you know i i don't know if she can get any other another quote unquote hit top 40 yeah. track like just make music that you believe in i um, mean wh- now disagree please
2: disagree with me if i'm wrong but would you say that confessions on a dance floor is like the last like critically acclaimed slash Madonna fans embraced album. I I, probably, because to me, that album was a little weird at the time, but like in the best way possible, like that dance music was not as mainstream as it is now uh, at all. And I feel like she almost helped push the needle. And that's when Madonna is the best when She's the one deciding ahead of time. What's going to be big soon.
0: It was, it was a great blend of, I mean, it was a really cohesive album It was um, produced uh, effectively by one person, Stuart Price. That's important. Um, And the whole thing had a really cohesive sound. In fact, um, they put out two different versions of the album. One that was the normal album where there's actually spaces between songs. Okay, yeah. Um, And then they put out one album that was like a whole mix. It was just a mix, a continuous. I didn't know
2: that, and now I'm going to listen to that. Which
0: it's it's just like, and it was it was hailed as a return, like Madonna going back to the dance floor. Yep, her roots and it was a it was a great blend of sort of kind of like some love songs but also songs that were kind of vague and nebulous where they could be about her spirituality, they could Mm. be about getting older, but because of the way they were written and because of how the songs were structured, you kind of felt like you were just sort of getting lost in the emotion and the words weren't obvious and it was still kind of cryptic, which is kind of what Ray of Light did. Yeah, I was going to say, that
2: sounds like you could say a lot of those things about Ray of Light.
0: And since then, she's been like, oh, let me work with Justin and Timbaland on Hard Candy. Let me work with a bunch of dance people. And, And it's just like, oh, just... I, I really want you to just do Madonna. Yeah. Do a Madonna record. Yeah. And make it the best Madonna record you can. I
2: think she still 100% can to answer the question that you came in with. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that that's out of reach at all. No. Uh, what about you? Well, um, I'm actually really excited for new music from Ariana Grande. Oh, Because, yes. you know, it's been... Quite a tumultuous time since she released Dangerous Woman, to say the very least. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we talked about this on last week's podcast, too, um, with her performance on March for Our Lives. And then she also really spearheaded the um, Manchester concert as well um, because of having, you know, becoming part of a story that she didn't choose to become a part of with the um, bombing outside of her concert. And I feel like there's just going to be, I already loved Ariana Grande, but now I feel like she has all this substance to work with that, um, you know, maybe we have not seen from her yet. Like, she's always made incredible pop music with great producers, but I feel like she's probably going to come in with a perspective because of all these huge things that she's kind of been thrust into Mm -hmm. that she's never come with before, but also, like, make it amazing pop music. So I feel like... It, it could be, like, it could be a
0: big, huge, like, opus for her. Right. I think. And I'm excited about that. It's, uh, she's had to do a lot of growing up. And, yeah. And, you know, it could be that blend, kind of like what we said about Madonna, who, by the way, Ariana loves. Yes. Um, it could be that, that blend of sort of gravitas and growing up and combined with maybe some sort of feeling of having a greater purpose. Yeah, but Um, to a
2: cashmere cat beat. Yes.
0: Like, that's what I want. You know, with a Max Martin, like, vocal treatment. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which, you know, that's music at its best can, you know, not only make you want to dance on the dance floor, but also sort of move you in other emotional ways.
2: And not to, like, not to... I feel like Katy Perry has been through a lot. Like people have like really given her a hard time for her last album. I think that's what she was intending to do and maybe didn't quite land with it. And I think Ariana has a chance because of where she is in her career and her fandom right now to like actually bring that purposeful pop that that Katy
0: was kind of aiming for. Yeah. Um well, what about Britney Spears? I mean, Britney. Um I assume she's working on new music. She always is. She always is but who knows? Um, her last two albums kind of basically fizzled, um, glory in 2016 and Britney Jean in 2013, both of which were released, you know, uh, when she was on her sort of Vegas epic residency at, uh, planet Hollywood, um, you know, in the access theater with the, the, you know, uh, Britney show. What was the name of the, name? <laughs> Brit- what was the piece name? of me? Piece of me. <laughs> I only <laughs> saw the Britney show, t- show. I saw the show twice. I should know. For God's sakes. Um, I mean, she was able to squeak out one top forty, Hot One Hundred hit um, each with those albums. Make Me from Brit- um from Glory and Work Bitch from Britney Jean. But that's kind of mediocre in the grand scheme of Spears things, right? Um, what will it take to get Britney back on track? Is it? I mean. <laughs> To be fair, I,
2: like, I liked a lot of those songs, actually, like from the last album, and but it didn't feel like it got any sort of push. It didn't land. Yeah. Like, for whatever reason.
0: Yeah. It's just really hard to capture the attention of people these days. I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, because it's, everything is so hip-hop and rap-driven right now, and the only sort of pop stars that are kind of really breaking through are, like, Ed Sheeran um, – you know, which we mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Holly Alexander had a dream of Ed Sheeran and Brittany, So maybe Britney should right. call up Ed. Um, but I don't know, I, you know, it's what does it, what would it take? Does she, I don't want her, like she tried to, she tried to do a song with G easy with make me and yeah. that still didn't really land. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I mean, make an album you believe in and see if it works.
2: This is, I mean, it's the, I mean, I think talking about Madonna is a good lead in to all of this. It's like, it's, it's a hard, like, road to travel for a pop star past a certain point in her career.
0: Right, and Britney, you know, believe it or not, like, it's now been 20 years of yeah. her career.
2: And honestly, I think she's in an amazing place with Vegas, et cetera. Like, I feel right. like people... Like, I think that she's been able to, like, celebrate what she did, and that's what people think of now as opposed to, like, the bad stuff from, like, a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And so I think she's kind of reclaimed her story and her, like, pop, you know, kingdom. But at the
0: same time, I don't know, like, whether she'll have that hit album or hit song again. Yeah. Funny, like, when you think of, like, career, you know, pop pop music stars 20 years into their career, you you... It's it's hard for anyone to maintain that kind of relevancy. Not everyone's
2: gonna be share cranking out like a hit a decade.
0: Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and that's that. Those are anomalies. Yeah. The the Bruce Springsteens, Robert Streisand's, you know, Madonna's uh, shares of the world are anomalies, yeah. and they're anomalies for a reason. Yeah. Um. So I have hope for Brittany. Indeed. Um. What about you? Well, this seems like a good transition into my
2: complete and utter long shot that okay. I'd like to discuss. I mean, this month. End of April, and Sync's getting a star on the Walk of Fame.
0: Okay, that is like the longest of long shots.
2: I told you it was a long shot, but here's the deal. Justin's album, kind of sad. Like, <laughs> I love Justin so much, and I did not really, like, embrace this album. And I'm like, what if he, like, just completely surprised everyone, because no one would expect it, and just did a one-off project. What if it was even an EP or something? I know this is a long shot, but like imagine, because like the last uh, NSYNC album, Celebrity, so many good songs because they finally like rose to this point where like they got to work with Neptunes and like these, you know, hot producers at the time, instead of kind of doing the, you know, more pure pop sort of cheeseball-y sort of things from their first two albums. Uh-huh. What if they came back and they are like Sync, you know, the people who sold the most albums until Adele came along? And all these like hot producers were gonna make NSYNC music again. It could be kind of fun.
0: No, I I don't doubt that. I'm it just would putting be fun. it into the universe, Keith. <laughs> See, at least my wishful thinking <laughs> items know. were actually things that were, were possible. At least there's like there's
2: a peg here because of the star. Like that is the only thing I'm. They're clinging getting a star on the Walk of Fame. Yeah. I'm totally and like you know Beyonce came back for that one Destiny's Child album. It wasn't that big of a deal, but she came back for it. And, like, maybe just the one, just one, give them one sink And I don't want, I don't want a reunion tour. I don't want, like, a whole thing. Sure you do. I just want one, like, last moment.
0: Mm. <laughs> I, I Keith I, is I, very skeptical. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of creatively how that would actually be executed. And the only thing I can think of is, like, when you know, if they did something where it was, like, you know, like a one-off charity single right or if it was yeah like, you're right if you it know. had
2: like a, a bigger meaning yeah yeah
0: because think of it in in the era of everything being rebooted lately yeah roseanne yeah will and grace um murphy brown is coming back yeah. next year yeah i saw that um there was an article i read i think it was at the hollywood reporter where they said you know um a reboot of roseanne and full house or <laughs> full house sorry
2: well there is that too i'm getting to that in a second.
0: <laughs> a reboot of roseanne and will and grace um whether uh executed correctly or not at least had a guise of um we're coming back with some sort of purpose. Right. Like Roseanne in the eighties was a, a sitcom that had a commentary on a specific blue kind, collar. Blue collar middle America. And Will and Grace was like, you know, a, a, one of like a, a show about two gay people. Um, you know, and how they navigated sort of life in a very comedic way. Yeah. And when you bring both those shows back today, you know, like ten and twenty years respectively later, there's a different kind of viewpoint. Yeah. And the same can sort of be said for Murphy Brown. You know, sort of you know news and how that has changed so much in the past thirty years. But something like Fuller House, what's the point of bringing it's that? Literally back? nostalgia. It's total nostalgia. So in sync. If it's just nostalgia, Justin probably has zero interest. Yeah. He's like. I don't Which, need to do it. I'm making a lot of money it. To already.
2: your point, like, the only reason he's doing this this star- ceremony for the Star on the Walk of Fame is that he's currently on tour. And he'll happen to be in town at the time. Exactly.
0: Like, he'll be in L.A. for the tour. So there needs to be a greater purpose if that means, like, you're doing a one-off tribute song to someone. Yeah. If if maybe they do a one-off performance somewhere, great. But, yeah, but, yeah I don't know. Um, I'm like, should I go through all of mine or should I just, like, skip to my wishful thinkings?
2: Well, I'd love to hear your wishful thinkings because we just, we obviously just unearthed my NSYNC long shot. (laughs) Well,
0: I have, I have, I have three wishful thinkings and I'll go over them quickly. Okay. Um, Will the Rolling Stones finally give us their first new studio album of original material since 2006? Um, They dropped a blues covers album in 2016, um, Blue and Lonesome, which performed well considering it was a blues album and it even earned a Grammy nomination. Maybe that kind of reception warmed the band to the idea of doing a full album of original material. Maybe. they. I mean, they like touring and making money. Yeah. Will they do new music? And I think I think with any sort of older band, a veteran band, you're always struggling with that. Why do new music if no one in our audience wants to hear it? Yep. And they only want to hear the hits. And, and
2: it's going to be a headache for Keith and Mick to get back in the studio together and come to some compromise. Famously,
0: you know, uh, they don't... Cantankerous. Yeah, cantankerous. <laughs> cantankerous? Yes. Um... But you know they get along well enough um, in certain circumstances when they're performing. Yeah, um, will Fleetwood Mac ever do a new studio album together? Mm. Um, Stevie Nicks is cl- is clearly the holdout at this point in the five piece. Uh, having made it pretty clear that she doesn't want to do a Mac album, though she enjoys going on tour with the band and making lots of cash. (laughs) Huh. Um, (laughs) Huh. Um, In 2017, she told Rolling Stone that, quote, making a record isn't all that much fun, end quote, referring to... Once again, getting
2: in the studio and compromising with all these people when
0: you like to have your own artistic vision. Yes. um, And the year before that, I believe, she told us on the Pop Shop podcast, quote... Um, do you want to take a chance of going in and setting up in a room for like a year and having a bunch of arguing people <laughs> and then not wanting to go on tour because right. you just spent a year arguing? Or do you just want to go on tour or do you just go on tour because you know that you have fun up there and you love doing shows? End quote. It's
2: pretty good perspective, although Keith wants an album.
0: I Keith don't, wants new music. I don't know what this whole year-long thing she's talking about <laughs> thing. I mean come on girl we have technology um and my last wishful thinking i think this one is kind of up there with the in sync thing but slightly more attainable guns and roses yeah can we get a new album from guns and roses with axel rose slash and duff mckagan Um, It would be, you know, the three of them have been on tour on the Not In This Lifetime tour for, like, it seems like the past two years. Yes. Um, It seems like it because it has has been. been. And and they're still touring (laughs) this year. Yes. Um, It would be their first uh, album together since the Covers album, The Spaghetti Incident, in 1993. And they haven't put out a new studio album of original material together since Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 in 1991. That's wild. Um, I think, you know, with a band like that, they're like, why do we do... You know, I think you would think you would want to be creatively fulfilled to do new music. It's like, you know, wouldn't you want to do new music if you're a creative person? And wouldn't you feel stifled if all you're doing is like every night, "Sweet Child of Mine," again, again, and again? Yeah. And again? It's like, can we do a new riff? Can we excite the people? Can we do it one more time?
2: All three of those examples all come back to the same thing, though. It's like they know that like they have this very delicate dynamic among all of these people. And if they dare try to make music again, that's when things get like feathers get ruffled, and then they no longer want to spend time with these people. And then the cash train is like comes comes into the station. Yeah, the cash train is like (laughs) 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 crash. So one album that we know for sure is coming, and we are definitely looking forward to, is Years and Years' second full length studio album, which is on the way this summer. It's the follow-up to their debut set, Communion, which was released back in 2015 and earned four top 40 hits on the official UK singles chart. Just four. That's all.
0: That's all. But we definitely know that album is coming. Yes. Um, And so obviously we're looking forward to it. Um, And speaking of years and years, Mm. conveniently enough. Now it's time uh, for our interview with the Axe frontman Ollie Alexander. Um, in our interview, we uh, talk about Years and Years' elaborate new video for Sanctify, which is the first single from their forthcoming album, and how Ollie says he wanted to go as big, crazy, and dramatic as they could with the clip. And did they? <laughs> uh, plus, uh, Ollie talks about how he's, quote, holding out, end quote, to work with Rihanna, and how he recently had a dream, as we said earlier, about edge sharing collaborating with Britney Spears. Don't we all have dreams like that? Pop dreams. Pop dreams. Uh, so take a listen to our chat with Ali Alexander. So don't break, break sanctify my body with pain, break, sanctify the love that you crave. Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, Ali Alexander of Years and Years. How's it going?
1: Oh, hi. I'm good, thank you. I'm excited to... To be on
0: here on your podcast oh well thank you are, are, you're calling in from london right are you or are you somewhere else more exciting and extravagant than london um
1: i'm, I'm calling from london yeah but london can be exciting and extravagant
0: <laughs> yeah well I, I didn't mean to diminish london's qualities that's not what i intended How on saying you? there
2: speaking of exciting and extravagant you just released your uh, <laughs> new single and video for sanctify and uh the video is nice. pretty, pretty extravagant Um, with special effects and lots of extras and choreography. Um, Was this really like fulfilling a pop dream for you with this video?
1: Oh yes, definitely. I just wanted to go as big as we could, as crazy as we could, as dramatic as we could because how many people get to make a second album in their lives, you know? How many people get to make a music video? So I was just like, okay, we've got the time. We're just going to really go for it so that's what we
0: did um yeah did you like our segue there where we just jumped right into like started to ask you like we, we go from london extravagance to the video let's talk about the video <laughs> we're really nice no, i like that we're slick with our segues here <laughs> um well in the video where you're one of the the few humans left in a world of androids it's it's titillating in a certain way especially with with your performing a choreographed dance for a rather uh, stoic audience, um, are we to assume that the androids don't know how to dance in the video and that's why you've been sort of brought in? Ooh.
1: Well, I very much am enjoying that this is you're giving me this interpretation and I wouldn't want to uh, disclose too much or reveal uh, anything which may be coming later down the line. But I think um, the androids definitely um want to they want to be more human.
0: Oh, okay, I was, I was like waiting for extra and you're like, <laughs> no, I'm gonna stop right there. Um I, well, I thought I'm it leaving was. The silence. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was interesting because it was like you know I was wondering, is this supposed to be you know illustrative of, of how a human is supposed to move or can move or or was it also meant to be you know, kind of like sexually charged in a way, or was it kind of all those things combined?
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely kind of everything combined. Um, There was, like, you know, when I was kind of dreaming up the whole visual concept and, you know, imagining a storyline about this sort of human being who's one of the few remaining humans in this android society and, like, what what would happen there, you know, and it it touches on a lot of my kind of thoughts on... um, you know, technology and how that affects our humanity, but also, like, as a queer performer, like how, you know, I move, like, I move through different spaces, like, <laughs> um, as a performer as well. Um, so there's, like, a lot that's kind of good going into it, but, um, you know, and also I'm, a you know, a performer and it's a music video, so I wanted it to kind of, like, be heightened and, I don't know, kind of maybe sort of be a bit unexpected for people.
2: And you mentioned that there's uh, more to come down the line because this video is, is the first part of a series of videos telling a story set in this fictional world of uh, Palo Santo. So how many more videos do you have planned for this series?
1: As many as I can get budget for. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's definitely uh, a couple more that because we've already shot a lot. Um, so there's definitely a good chunk that's coming your way soon. <laughs> yeah, so do you, yeah do we, I
2: feel like we're asking all the, the questions you have to be very secretive about, but do you know when that next video might uh, be on the way? Oh, when
1: the next one? Um, soon. Oh, it's so annoying. I'm so sorry. It won't be too long, though. It's Sometime so in
0: 2018 this. it will come out. <laughs>
1: Yes,
0: <laughs> um, I think if, if viewers are watching closely, or I mean, not even that too closely, and at the beginning of the video, there are sort of this this is a quick cut of images that you see that are not in the video, but look like they are probably from kind of future installments. So you know, eagle eye watchers can sort of freeze frame the video and be like, oh, I wonder what's happening in that scene in an upcoming video, perhaps. Exactly. 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 I would love I would love it for people to do that go do that (laughs) um well do you think you know you you mentioned this a moment ago um sort of obliquely um you know do you think much about how uh, you know about your influence and impact um as an out gay pop star signed to a major label do you do you sort of think about the kind of influence that you have in that capacity yeah i mean i think
1: i've had a couple years well a few years now of being you know an out artist and speaking out on you know being gay, and also, I, I, and so I think I've I've got, I suppose like a bit more of, of kind of I feel a bit more comfortable in in that sort of outspoken role, and um, you know I I do think having a platform is a privilege, and you know it's an opportunity for you to try and you know encourage positive change, and you know I think anybody should try and do that. Um, it, you know, and, and I found it very meaningful to to engage with the activism and um, really sort of be outspoken on, on the issues that I care about. And I think it's good that I'm accountable for what I say in, in a public forum. You know, I think that I do have a responsibility to to be aware of that. But um, you know, I think you you I would think I, it would be a bit much. I don't know if I started thinking like too much. I don't know about sort of what everything I do or say has, you know, influence on <laughs> or over. I might never do anything, but,
0: <laughs> Obviously. Same, do
1: you know what I mean? At the same time, I think it's, um, we still have quite, a few, I mean, we're seeing more and more artists, which is amazing, but, there's, you know, we still have a long way to go in terms of like actually representing our community. So um, I think it, we just, it's important to kind of keep kind of that in mind. So that's another reason, you know, keep speaking out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I'm I, personally thrilled, you know, uh, to see that we have artists like Troy Sivan and you and MNEK and, and you know, everyone is kind of, you know, we're in this state where now we're trying to make, you know, small steps of progress and sort of painting with all the colors of the wind, you know, so to speak, um, which is something that, you know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have when I was younger. And, you know, perhaps you didn't see that, you know, when you were younger as well. So I just think it's nice, pretty awesome. Yeah. You know?
1: I know. It's like, i haven't seen love simon yet but me and my friend were talking about it about how you know like oh having a teen movie with like a gay you know like lead character and imagine if we'd had that if we, when we were kids when we were teenagers and genuinely got quite kind of emotional
0: absolutely um i i need i need to see it but i also have seen call me by your name three times so <laughs> i'm i'm sort of a bad test group there um I'm one, I I read that Sanctify actually was written pretty early on in the process of working on the new album. Do you remember um, where you where you were at and, and, and kind of like when you had the aha moment of, of for the song?
1: I do. I was in L.A., and I was writing with a friend of mine, Tom Hull, who goes by Kid Harpoon. And um, we were working on a song, and it wasn't really coming together that well. And then we were like, oh, should we just try doing something different? Take a break, and um, he was just like cycling through um, synth sounds. And this uh, sort of like almost Eastern sounding flute kind of preset came up, and he played this little riff that became the like, oh no, <laughs> that riff. and um, I just heard it, and I was like, oh, that's really good. Let's, I want to write a song to this, and I think. And I'd always wanted to write a song that was about this specific thing, about um, these experiences that I'd had with these guys who identified it straight. And I just thought it was, you know, I really wanted to write a song about it. So I was like, I'm just going to do it to this, um, and it all came together like in, in an afternoon. So it's one of those, one of those fortunate moments. Wow. And
2: you know, coming off of um, the debut full length communion and all the success of that, did you guys feel pressure going into this second album? And if so, did that impact your
1: creativity in any way? It definitely was like a completely different like situation because, okay, so on your first album, you feel, it feels like you basically have your entire life to make that record because you know you you know you've just got so much time and so many experiences and you've never made one before but then the second album you know we toured the first one like two years and then it was like oh okay we've got like 18 months to make our next album um which doesn't really sound it sounds like a long time but it went by so fast and i definitely felt it was quite overwhelming thinking oh we're never going to be able to you know pull this off and it at times was like a real struggle but but at the same time it was really I don't know. I was very inspired by everything that happened in the last few years, and having the opportunity to kind of do it again was really exciting. So I just wanted to—I just wanted it to be the best it could be, you know. So I put a lot of pressure on, my, on myself as well. Um, so, yeah, I guess in answer to your question, it was kind of pressure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you know, since you have this video series, um, is the album? you know sort of also a conceptual piece like is can can we consider the album like a concept album or am i taking that a step too far in a way i
1: wouldn't i mean i wouldn't say it was a concept album sort of like musically in <laughs> i mean it's definitely um more I, I mean they're all songs really that just were inspired by things that happened to me in the last kind of year or so um and also some stuff i don't know i think because i've you gain more confidence when you're writing more songs and then, you know, there's just all these things kind of like would like float to the surface of my brain. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, I want to write a song about that. So, um, that's kind of what the songs are. Uh, <laughs> but then, yeah, I wanted to kind of just put them in this crazy world and tell a different story visually.
0: Um, some nuts and bolts questions. Uh, does the album have a name and, Do we know, like, what month it's coming out yet?
1: Um, All I can say is it's going to be the summer, and I can't tell you the name.
0: (laughs) Well, you could tell us the name, but I don't think you're probably allowed to right now.
1: Someone will, I don't know, something bad will happen if I say it. Yes, (laughs) we know (laughs) how this game works.
2: Um, you know, since you're on the the Pop Shop podcast, we have to ask about your love of pop music. Uh, you know, early Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and Destiny's Child and Christina Aguilera. Do you dream of ever uh, collaborating with uh, one or all of these pop stars? Well, you just
1: reminded me that this is a bit set. last night, I had a dream that Ed Sheeran collaborated with Britney. I just don't know why I had that dream. But that it actually happened. I was that- quite. Yeah, I mean, I was like slightly distressed when I woke up because I was just like, what What has happened in my dream? And did I just like wish fulfill something that I wasn't aware of? Because I, <laughs> I don't think I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know how I would feel about that collaboration, but I would kind of be down to hear that. Yeah. What, um, was,
0: what was the collaboration like? Was it a ballad? Was it a banger? <laughs> like, I need specifics here.
1: It was, I don't know. He was, Ed Sheeran was saying an acoustic guitar. That's all I know, but he does do that quite a lot. So. Um, Hmm. but yeah, what was the initial
2: question? (laughs) What about you collaborating with any of those people instead of Ed Sheeran? Oh,
1: my dream is Rihanna, like always has been, always will be. Um, but I'm kind of holding out for her, I guess. But then there's so many amazing people and just, it's, it's, Everyone is so busy all the
0: time. <laughs> that's that's always a good excuse. <laughs> Again, all I'll say. You're like, it turns out they're all on your album. Um, uh, yeah. we're, we're about to wrap up, um, but I do want to ask, you know, there's a common thread between a lot of those pop artists is that Max Martin has worked with a lot of those folks. Have you worked with Max in any capacity? Ooh, right. Might he be on the new album or maybe in your plans in the future No, perhaps? he's not. That you can I mean, say.
1: It's... I'm just, I feel like I'm letting you down. That's <laughs> no, yeah, goodness right. no. But maybe in the future, I would love that.
0: Let's, let's make it happen. Um, well, this has been such a pleasure chatting, Ollie. Thank you so much for taking the time and uh, you know, best of luck with everything in the future. And we can't wait to hear the new album. Oh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank You You don't have to be straight with me. I see what's underneath your mess. Thank you again to Ollie for calling us up to chat. Can't wait to hear the new album and see how the rest of this... with uh, the visual rollout. The, you know, the, uh, the sequels to this video. What will happen next? Yes. What will the androids want to do with him? I don't know. <laughs> and now it's time for the Chart Stat of the Week. This week in 1964, The Beatles held the entire top five on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Wow. A feat that uh, had never been achieved and has yet to be duplicated. Uh, Finally, a record that people have yet to break on the Hot 100. And then it probably, well... Give
2: Nicki Minaj a second. Let's (laughs) let's
0: never say never. Uh, In the world of streaming, anything is possible now. Uh, On the chart dated April 4th, 1964, the Fab Four saw its single Can't Buy Me Love zoom from number 27 to number one to become the band's third number one. It bumped the group's own She Loves You down from number one to number three, while the group's first number one, (laughs) I Want to Hold Your Hand, moved two to four. Uh, The top five was filled out by Twist and Shout at its peak of number two, and Please Please Me at number five. The entire top five were all Beatles songs.
2: Beatlemania, I believe, was what they called that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Um, Crazily enough, not only did Can't Buy Me Love replace She Loves You at number one, but she Loves You, replaced I Want to Hold Your Hand at number one. Mm. That's another record that has yet to be beat. No one has succeeded themselves twice atop the list. A number of acts, uh, most recently with Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. have replaced themselves at number one. That was Despacito into DJ Khaled's I'm the One, Yeah. Right? It mi- uh, yeah, it might have been the other way around.
2: I think I think, okay. well, I think. think it was because I thought that DJ Khaled snuck in and then Despacito came back. Or was it
0: a different... It was those two songs. It was those two was songs. Those two songs. Um, A number of acts like Bieber have replaced themselves at number one, but to do it with three songs in a row? No, only the Beatles have done that. Um, So there you have it. This week in 1964, Beatlemania had fully set in on the Billboard Hot 100 as the Beatles controlled the entire top five on the chart, a record that has yet to be matched. Um, You know, a thing I didn't put into the chart side of the week scripting there um kind of the only way that the Beatles were able to have such a stranglehold on the charts at the time was mm-hmm. because um and back remember back in 1964 in order to be on the chart you had to have a commercially available single yeah. in the marketplace you had to go at, where you actually had to physically physical
2: fl- single go to
0: a record store and buy a 7-inch vinyl single ooh those are <laughs> fun times um but at the time they had a number of singles that were on different labels because uh, in the U.S., like, their singles were on... There was, like, on. they had one on... Well, obviously, they were on Capitol Records, but they also had stuff on VJ. There was something on... There was, like, another label or two that had their stuff. So all these different singles from multiple labels were all competing together in the marketplace. So, you know... Normally, a label wouldn't want that many singles at once mm. out. They would want you to maybe buy the one album. Right. But because they had all these different competing labels with all these different competing singles, they were able to have all of them on the chart at the same time. Yeah. That also doesn't happen anymore either. Mm-hmm. You know, so what we do have an exchange now is someone like a Drake or a, you know, a Kendrick Lamar dropping an album and everyone streams it and all the tracks show yeah. up on the chart. Yeah, so
2: like 10, 11, 12, whatever songs end up on the Hot 100, but not like concentrated in the the top top like
0: that i mean who knows give it time as streaming gets more and more popular maybe that you know maybe something like that could happen in the next few years yeah records were meant to be broken
2: cardi b had three in the top 10 right i believe so yeah yeah. i think that's what it was yeah with her
0: and i think it was all her first her first first three three. songs yeah
2: damn cardi yeah
0: Hmm. um any parting words katie
2: well i mean i feel like we definitely should go out on some beatles music all that beatles
0: talk good golly which one
2: well one of those top five singles i mean i've Partial to twist and shout because of Ferris Bueller's Day off. Well, let's do twist and shout. Alright. See you guys next time. Bye. Twist and shout.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire.
0: Huh? Oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.